0: you may have noticed that our recent So You Didn't Make the Playoffs episode came out to be unbelievably long. Four hours, in fact. And that simply just isn't a good format if you want to get people to listen to what you have to say. It's not like we're trying to get people to read Ulysses here. So what I've decided to do is make individual segments from that episode and push them out each weekday, Monday through Friday. Our first one is going to be the pittsburgh pirates we're going to go from worst record to best so over the next three weeks you'll be able to get all 14 team breakdowns in little sort of bite-sized packages that usually stick in the roughly 10 to 20 minute range a couple of them range a little longer most are around 15 minutes so a nice little daily show to get you going before you focus on the more successful teams that are in the postseason and watch some games so without further ado Let's roll the intro. I wouldn't even bother including the intro, but people say they like it a lot, so I'll throw that in. And then let's get to breaking down the joys of the 2020 Pittsburgh Pirates. Ethan's up all night, Keep me up all night. and covering all his bases ah, sis- from South San Francisco, California. This is Nocturnal Sports with Ethan Castle. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. But what if you're not a hero or a legend? What happens to you then? Do you die and nobody remembers you? Well, every other sports podcast is previewing the MLB postseason right now, but we're not going to do that because that'll be outdated as soon as this quick best out of three round ends, all our predictions will look wrong, etc. So instead, we're going to talk today about the 14 teams that didn't make the postseason – and I am joined tonight by someone who has a pretty good grasp of not just the A's, but all of Major League Baseball. Nick Clemente. Nick, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. All right. So basically what we're going to do here is we're going to go through each of the 14 teams that didn't make the playoffs. Still feels weird having only 14 miss instead of 20 like usual. But that also is more convenient because otherwise probably have to do a separate AL and NL episode just for length purposes. That's not the case. So we're just going to run through each team, going to talk about what was good, what was bad, and then we're going to go to five guys, which has nothing to do with burgers and has everything to do with talking about five random players from each team. Now, one little disclaimer, it would be easy to just talk about random relievers the whole way through. So we're not going to do that. I have a maximum of three pitchers on each team. So There's going to be at least two position players, and it's not just going to be guys who pitched in like one game. And we'll talk a little about their outlook for 2021 and beyond. So we ready to get started? Let's do it. All right. We'll just go from worst record to best. So let's start with the Pittsburgh Pirates checking in at 19 and 41. What was good for the Pittsburgh Pirates this year? Nick, why don't you start us off?
1: Well, uh, there was not a whole lot of good goodness with the Pirates this year, but uh, the obvious selection would be Cabrian Hayes. Um he had a WRC plus of 188 in his shorts as a pirate. Also racked up a ton of defensive war as well. Uh, Jacob Stallings, another guy, uh, pretty much solidified himself as a, if not everyday guy, at least a very quality, uh, complimentary piece. Um, Colin Moran,
0: that's, uh, that's basically about it. I would also throw in Richard Rodriguez looking like a pretty quality closer. I think in a normal season, if he had more time to cement himself, I think he would be a piece that would get some interest at the deadline. Uh, Philip Evans was good before he got hurt. More on him in a bit. When he was actually healthy, Mitch Keller looked all right. And based on performances on both ends of the deal, it sure looks like they won the blockbuster Eric Gonzalez for Jordan Luplo and Max Moroff trade. So I guess that's a success. I mean... You know, yeah, we lost the Chris Archer trade, but we won the Eric Gonzalez deal, you know. Lost one battle, but we won the whole war, clearly. Um, Yeah, Moran, you know, whether he's at third base or DH, because Josh Bell is usually at first, um, looks like a solid, you know, at least platoon piece he'll hit against righties and hopefully not foul balls off that bounce up from the dirt and hit him in the face like happened to him once when he was with the Astros. So if he keeps not hitting himself in the face... And he seems to also be like the new Mr. Opening Day. Hill Homer in every home opener forever, it seems like. Um, at least they've got that going for him. On the on the bad side, well, it's a lengthy list. Let's start with the whole outfield sucked. Gregory Polanco was once a top prospect. He sure doesn't look like it now, huh? Uh
1: no. He has not materialized into uh... Not even close to what the player they were expecting there, so that's definitely killed the Pirates long term and out and obviously now. Um, Brian Reynolds this season, uh, yikes! hit. I don't think anybody, I, I obviously, we all thought Brian Reynolds would probably regress to some extent, but Brian, Brian, Brian Reynolds hit 188 this season, which last sums year, up, the and last team. year he
0: was such a good. Contact hitter going to all fields. I thought he would drop off some, but I thought he was, he'd at least look like a reliable, you know, 260, 270 solid defender. And he did show off some dad power, homer, like right after he came back from a kid, from having a kid. But the outfield was bad. The starting pitching was bad. Although, and, and to be fair, of course, it's only 200 play appearances. Yeah, this is true. So maybe it works out great for Reynolds. And this is just an abbreviated sophomore slump. And he's able to break down some film of those at bats and get back together. Obviously, all of this is going to be small sample size, some smaller than others. Um, The starting pitching sucked. Although, yeah, when Mitch Keller was healthy, he was all right. And Joe Musgrove had like 10 strikeouts in his final appearance of the season against the Indians. So there's that. But for the most part, Musgrove wasn't very good and not too many other people was. They had something called a JT Brubaker pitching games for them, who I guess that means... The only thing I can assume about JT Brubaker is... He makes his own beer and his own bread. So that's pretty cool, you know? Maybe some fresh pastries in the morning and then a nice stout in the evening. Uh, the defense was bad. As of a week ago, they led the league in errors. And while Jacob Stallings was good and looks like a solid catcher, he was already an upgrade over Elias Diaz defensively by a long shot. It's not good if Jacob Stallings is voted your team MVP. You know, that's that's not good. The like Pittsburgh sports writers voted Stallings as their team MVP and as their best pitcher? Stephen Brault. And while Stephen Brault was actually okay, he shouldn't be your best pitcher. He should be your best singer. He's got a theater background and has performed the national anthem at multiple games. And if you ever saw, like, he had a couple of intentional talk interviews with Joe Musgrove that were really funny. They grew up together in the San Diego area and did, like, a bunch of theater shit. But if he's your brightest spot, that is not good. I just saw something that's really amazing.
1: Uh, This really sums up the Pirates... Their, their war leader this season, uh, among position players, the the leader played 23 games this season. That
0: being Hayes, I take it? Yes. 90 played appearances. Helped lead me to a fantasy part. title, so ass in the jackpot Thanks. He had a 5-for-5 five five game the other night where he saw 15 pitches and all five swings turned into hits, including three doubles. However, his... Um, Potential future infield partner in their system, Oniel Cruz, did not have some great news. He was involved in an accident that killed three people in the Dominican Republic. Apparently, he's fine, but he might have been drunk while he was driving. Now, fortunately for him, because of the way the Dominican justice system works, if you got money, you're usually able to get out of things. But this is just kind of par for the course for the pirates at this point. You had Felipe Vazquez, and now you have Oniel Cruz doing this, and it's just... Jung Ho Gong as well. Oh, yeah. Jung Ho Gong had a nice history of DUIs and other things. Um, So overall, very bad. For all of the bad teams that we'll talk about that kind of mashed into that like 24 to 26 win range, these guys were a good mark below that. And I'm really curious what they would have done over a full 162. They did take three out of four from the Cubs in the final week and pitched really well in that series. But overall, they were bad. So let's move into the five-guys segment. And I'm just going to go through these alphabetical order by last name. And so I've just picked five guys, all of which have something somewhat interesting about them. First up is Anthony Alford. Now, Nick, what do you know about Anthony Alford? Uh,
1: honestly, I know him as I uh, I first knew him as a prospect in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, fairly highly touted guy. Um, I know him as a good defender. I know he can run. And I know he was... Uh,
0: He was with the Blue Jays,
1: and now he's with the Pirates.
0: Yes. He was DFA'd by the Blue Jays in August. I guess once they realized, hey, we've got this whole outfield working right now. He also has a background in football, played quarterback at Southern Miss, but was involved in like a fight there or something, and ended up going to Ole Miss where he played defensive back. I know that in the Arizona Fall League, he was also driving Lyft on the side. And he actually started off okay for the Pirates, went three for 12 with a triple and a homer, but then he fractured his elbow, crashing into a wall, and that was that for him. Next up, Miguel Del Pozo. Nick, do you have any knowledge whatsoever of Miguel Del Pozo? Uh, He definitely plays baseball. That he does. He he was in the Marlins system from 2011 to 2018, was in the Rangers system in 2019, and then got traded to the Angels. He is consistent in that he consistently throws a shit ton of walks, this year, in three and two-thirds innings, he gave up seven hits and eight walks. Also, his like MLB headshot looks like a mugshot for at least a serious felony. But he finished with a 17-18 ERA and two blown saves in just like four appearances. July 28th against the Brewers, he came in after Chris Stratton threw consecutive walks. He walked in the first two he faced, one of which brought in a run. Then he gave up a two-run double, then an intentional walk, and then left the game. August 3rd against the Twins, he walked three straight and a run scored on a wild pitch. None of the runs were charged to him, though, because he had already come in with a bunch of dudes on base. So that's Miguel Del Pozo. Philip Evans, who I mentioned, was a bright spot. So he debuted for the Mets in 2017, stayed there in 2018, popped up a bit as a utility guy, played for the Iowa Cubs in 2019, and then this year started off great. He was, he, he was the one who bright spot besides Colin Moran. He hit 359 with two doubles and a homer in 11 games, but then he, uh, crashed into Gregory Polanco, left with a concussion and broken jaw, and was out for the rest of the year. Anything to say about Philip Evans? Well,
1: he only played in 11 games, which is uh, obviously hard to evaluate. Um, the one the one thing that stands out is his walk rate, 11%, compared to a okay K rate of 15. So
0: that's obviously something to build on there. This is fun with small sample sizes. We're going to have a lot of fun with even smaller sample sizes. All right, next up, JT Riddle. Give me your thoughts on JT Riddle.
1: JT Riddle. Um, He is definitely an infielder, and he was a Philadelphia Philly,
0: I believe. He was not a Philly. He was a Marlin. He was a Marlin from 2017 through 2019. You're right. His His full name is Joshua Travis Riddle, sadly. It is not Jittle Tittle Riddle like it should be. But he went 10 for 67 with a homer, boasted a whopping 398 OPS. And if a guy like that's getting... That many plate appearances in this short of a season, I think that says all we need to know about your team. And finally, Yaxel Rios, what do you know about Yaxel Rios?
1: Well, I was looking through the Pirates earlier, and
0: he was—he is definitely a Pirate, not uh, an actual Pirate, a, uh, a Pittsburgh Pirate, I believe. Yes, not to be confused like. It was in uh, twenty thirteen when the A's made a trip there that Ray Fossey said they have statues of famous pirates outside of the stadium here, not not actual pirates, players for the baseball team, of course. Well, I think like he needed to elaborate on that. Well, I
1: think the important part about Yachter Rios is uh, his first name is is spelled Y A
0: C K S E L. Yes, not great. like Axel, like an axle on a car or something. Yaxel.
1: He only pitched in four games this season. Yes. So not a whole lot to say about that. He does have a neck tattoo. I, I think that's like that.
0: important. All right. So what is your outlook for the Pirates moving forward?
1: Uh, I would say their main outlook is just continuing to build up as much young talent as they have. Um, they obviously have Hayes and Cruz and several other guys in their system coming through. Um, Jameson Tyon, his injury really, uh, really set him back. I think is lo- along with the Polanco, uh, just him being a complete bust, honestly, really set them back f- further. Um, honestly, just continue to build up farm system depth and, uh, rack up high draft picks and maybe they'll be somewhat competitive in four to five years. That's about as positive
0: as I can be for them. If you're looking to, during the off season, pick a team to rebuild and work with from the ground up on MLB, the show, this is the one I think their main goals are don't have guys get arrested. And. Hope that the guys they got for Starling Marte turn out good because when the D-backs ended up flipping Marte, they got a pretty nice return out of it. So they, they better hope this one doesn't backfire on them. And even if nothing else works out, at least they have Cabrera and Hayes. He is good. All right, that's it for the Pirates. This has been Nocturnal Sports with Ethan Castle. Now Ethan's off to edit this episode. Well, that was true at the time it was recorded. If you're listening to it now, all of the post-production work is obviously complete. He's probably busy organizing his collection of colonial-era scrimshaw. Or playing backyard baseball at twitch.tv slash ethanrcastle. Or sleeping. Most likely sleeping.